0: Uh, so first time doing a podcast at my mom's house looks nice it um well this is my great grandmother's hutch behind me so my background looks like a grandma's house well she is a grandma my mom so um Dude, well you don't have kids though no no i do not it, uh, she's a grandmother to my brother uh who has four kids Oh my god, I'm gonna cough. I'm gonna do it. <laughs> <laughs> I muted myself just in time. I'm cover I'm coming off from like a really bad cold. And this cough, it feels like I inhaled smoke and every time I inhale it like burns. And I can't stop coughing. But I sound really good when I talk. I think I I think I sound good. I think I sound I think I sound uh I have a podcastery voice today. Raspy. Yeah, and like I'm not nasally like I normally sound because it's all my all my nasal fluid is in my throat dried up. So good, good. But That's I cool. did. I I just came back from Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, I flew in this morning to the regional airport in Waterloo, Iowa, and uh, that was an experience. Smallest airport ever, but um. So I was in I was in Louisville for a conference. For a lawn, a lawn care conference, actually, well, it's a lawn care equipment conference, lawn care and landscaping, called Equip Expo. It's like the biggest expo uh, or landscaping expo in the world, probably. But it was big. It was cool. And then I was there on. There's another conference there for the franchise that we are partnered with, and I had a uh, uh, a keynote there that I spoke at, and we had uh, we talked about five ways to uh or yeah five ways to light your money on fire with google ads they we went it went over really well like everybody was taking pictures of it uh everybody was nodding in agreement uh, everybody at, at the end like everybody came up to me and we're like well they're like wow that was a really great speech like i learned so much and then i had like a bunch of other franchise uh franchisees come up to me and just say like hey we want to start working with you so uh i'm just preparing you for that good good time to prepare me is on a podcast so let's get yeah, look at this this is a so this is our card mm-hmm. And this card is the the list of the speakers. And that's me right at the end, Jake Huntley. It says it says the title of it is The Nuts and Bolts of Google Ads. <laughs> and I literally go, I get on the stage and I grab the mic and I go, yeah, so this title is called The Nuts and Bolts of Google Ads on your card. Um, but we already did that in a 45-minute YouTube video. So uh, now I really want to talk about how you can waste money on Google Ads. And so talk <laughs> talked about that. And it was really good. I got to meet all the franchisees. <laughs> There's the cough. Um definitely really good experience and i even got to meet up with one of my old xbox live buddies in louisville cuz he lives there how were the presentation notes for you were they useful was it good oh they were really good so i i totally forgot you wrote presentation notes in there like so i was like doing my own thing and then i was sitting in my seat before like i was going to go up and like early in the morning cuz i was like one of the last speakers and I was looking on my phone on the Google Slides presentation, and I noticed that you had these notes. And I was like, oh, Cody wrote notes in there. <laughs> and then I was like, these notes are great. <laughs> <laughs> good. It's, yeah. So it was super helpful. Yeah, they they definitely had um, some really good cues in there. I uh, On the way there, Lauren was kind of coaching me on how to, like, give speeches and do trainings because she does this all the time for work. And she goes, get the audience involved, ask them questions. And like I, from like speech class in college, like I never wanted to ask questions of the audience because our teacher told us like that could fall flat on its face if you don't get a response. So like I never did. But um I was like, eh, whatever, I'll try it. So <laughs> before the first slide, so the first slide that we had on uh, ways you can light your money on fire with Google ads was uh, listen to the recommendations and like basically don't do that because you're going to waste money. And I before that, before I hit that slide, I was like, OK, so um how many of you guys have seen or how many of you guys run have run google ads before uh and like the entire room like raise their hand Jeez, cool and then i go all right cool uh have you guys seen those recommendations uh that google says like hey if you do this you know uh, you can see an improvement and whatever and i saw a lot of nods i was like great uh how many of you have applied those recommendations and then like three quarters of them had their hands still up so I was like, great, don't do that. And I clicked to the next slide and I was like, this is how to waste money. <laughs> and I started <laughs> like laughing. And I was like, yeah. So no, it was cool because they have like their, their, their like yellow colors uh, that they wear all the time, the yellow shirts. And so I thought it'd be funny to dress like them. So I wore a black vest with a yellow long sleeve shirt and khaki pants, which is how they dress. And I get on the stage and the, like, I think the first thing I said was... Do you guys like my outfit? <laughs> and I got some laughs. laughs. That's good. So Yeah, but uh, didn't have much for a cold open. <laughs> I don't want to talk a lot, except this episode is going to be a lot of me talking because of this cough. <clears throat> but look how dedicated I am. I brought my entire setup to my mom's house. I even have my microphone with the boom arm, and it's attached to a windowsill. It's impressive you even brought the
1: arm thing. I figured you just hold it in your hand or something while you talk.
0: <clears throat> no. No, I'm not you. I'm just kidding. You wouldn't even do that. At your cabin you'd just be like, Yeah, well, you get the computer microphone. Yeah. The tablet headphone. microphone. <clears throat> no, I do headphone mics. Oh. It's
1: integrated in there. Oh. I so it's minimally it. invested. Yeah. But yeah, uh, this is uh I don't mean, know, we'll we'll see the whole the house transition is taking longer than expected, of course, as all any project that you think you're going to do quickly, you'd never do quickly. So, <clears throat> you know, once uh, once we get moved over there, this should, uh, I'll, I'll even further invest in sound quality and, and really making a legitimate workspace. Uh, I will come over and I will help.
0: <laughs> I think, <laughs> I'll set all I of it up. I think that
1: you think I suck at this, but you're going to be surprised <laughs> when the fact is I just don't want to invest in a place that I'm renting in. Yeah, but once I own, I mean, I'm I'm down. I'll I'll put money into it. I want to get serious about it.
0: Well, I I mean, yeah, I just mean like the the actual like I know you'll invest, but I'm just like, okay, we're gonna use this mic. This is what we're gonna do for like backup recording, like blah blah blah. Because mm-hmm. podcast has been my brainchild, and I've spent all like all the effort learning like how to do all of this and then also back up because like we've had issues where we have our setup right now and like even this setup in the future when i do something remote like i'm gonna have an additional camera that's that's not connected to the internet or anything like that and it just has its own sd card and microphone so if something goes wrong like when we had that talk with uh uh, jason from aura you know my internet cut out well i had to splice things together to get that episode to work but if I just had everything recording on that one camera, I could have just matched that up. And when I had to spice anything, just cut a couple things or cut the silence. Yeah, that makes so, sense. Anyways, let me cough. All right, I'm back. Um, So I... My, let me back up. Uh, So Lauren has a coworker who reached out to us, uh, reached out to me a couple of times. Uh, one, one in person when I was just there. And then two over email to ask me some questions about You know starting an agency and just kind of the digital marketing space in general and uh i had been like asking her to send these uh questions over to me and lauren had been like yeah just send questions and and then uh it just it took forever so teresa if you're listening this you should done it sooner but that's okay uh she sent over the questions that she had for like uh, all of her agency questions and it was really really detailed like a lot of really good questions and as i was reading them i kept thinking to myself I feel like we should do a whole podcast episode on this because these are really good. Um, mailbag. Mailbag d- episode. Here yeah. we go.
1: Mailbag. Tnba T- <laughs> calls it, right? Trapical NBA. <laughs> they have like, hey, here's the mailbag. We just answer questions that people send in or whatever. So. I don't know. It sounds I fun. I don't
0: listen to them. You've to the, them. you like literally. The... You've yeah, seen... but only the ones you send over to me. Huh, that counts, right? Yeah. like You actually listen to them, though. They're your homies. Mm-hmm all right but i feel so bad for the listener right now because they're like ah, oh, like jake's sick like he's he's not like spry like he normally is. or maybe they prefer maybe they just maybe they're like finally he's not saying stupid stuff
1: yeah maybe you're over-restraining
0: how much they care that's true all right well let's jump into the questions because <laughs> these are really good i did i did for what it's worth i did respond to them in writing and i went very detailed so i probably won't go as detailed in this episode but uh I, I think just a general sense and also getting your perspective on this too would be uh, on some of these questions would be real good too. Yeah. Cause I didn't
1: respond at all. It was just, did you, you,
0: even, did you even read it?
1: Nope. Did it go to me? <laughs>
0: yeah. I've afforded it to you. Oops. Sorry. <laughs> That's all right. Yeah.
1: Sorry. No, honestly, sometimes the, some of the ones that come in, I responded to one recently. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it was on the, yeah, yeah. A form fill from the website. Yeah. And mm-hmm. honestly, I just said like, look, nothing I say is actually going to help you. <laughs> Which I, I don't, uh uh not We'll we'll just get started because I'm sure that my feelings about advice will come out, which we've already, I've mentioned it before. And there's the, that article by the all about how advice in general, I, I'm not a huge fan of as, as we have run a podcast giving advice at times. I think,
0: I think we've talked but, about it on this before too, on, on this podcast. How do you yeah, feel but about we advice? can,
1: we can just start that way. I, I don't repeat myself because I'll probably just say it again all right.
0: anyway. All right. Okay, so number one, I don't know if I should read the whole things or just the question part of it. Um,
1: Let's do the question, right?
0: Okay, so uh, here, how did you learn more about building websites and utilizing SEO? What would you focus on learning first? So between the two websites and <laughs> SEO, um, I said, I, well, I started learning how to build websites when I worked at the, uh, the agency with you at Mud. I started like an entry level client services position and then eventually I got into a position where I had to report on a lot of stuff, like for our clients, and I didn't have a lot of backup or help. So I <coughs> oh cough. So I had to like learn how to get into the back end of a WordPress website and just kind of edit it and, and modify it a bit. So when I went on my own, I knew how WordPress worked, but the real challenge became actually setting it up from from nothing. And that's when I learned a lot more just on my own. Um in terms of like is it which one should I focus on learning first? Um, or I guess back up for a second. The the question for like how like where do, where should I go to learn? If I knew absolutely nothing about SEO and I needed to like learn from like a beginner's course, I would honestly follow and read like Neil Patel and Brian Dean from uh like now I I don't they're not like They're not people that like serious SEOs follow anymore because they, the stuff that they have is like very basic and very foundational, but it's like well written and well produced content for beginners. So
1: I don't know what Brian Dean's up to. I mean, he used to have really advanced stuff when, especially when it came to link building. Um, But I don't, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I haven't paid attention in a long time. Um, The only person I pay attention to is uh, Glenn. Glenn also runs, uh, it was Viper Chill. Now he's doing detailed.
0: I mean, that guy's hardcore. Dude, this okay, so this, this is a callback to episode seventy-three, this last episode. You're like, I'm not gonna tell anybody who I pay attention to in SEO, but then you just did.
1: <laughs> well, you're welcome. Yeah. Not for real, if, if you're serious. And but listening to him isn't like, oh, I'm gonna I don't know. It, it's he writes with the assumption that you already know a lot of what's going on. So if you are a total newbie, mm-hmm. you might find it interesting, but you're not gonna know <laughs> why like if you know nothing, then a lot will go over your head. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah. he's got cool stuff.
0: I said like from an experience perspective, like after you are familiar with like Neil Patel and Brian Dean, and I think even like SEMrush has some like SEO videos. Um, HubSpot has some SEO content. That's pretty good too. Um, uh, but now I just primarily follow like Barry Schwartz and Joy Hawkins. Um, Joey Hawkins owns an agency in Canada called Sterling Sky, but she, her, or she's like very well researched too. So, um, I mean Barry Schwartz owns an agency as well, but the other three people that I recommend are I don't know I always pronounce his name wrong probably, but Gary Ilias, um, Matt Cuts and Danny Sullivan all three of them work for Google. Uh, and wait, uh, John John Mueller too. John Mueller is like the main guy to follow. But it's like Matt f-
1: Cuts is out now, right? He's, he's does he even still talk about this stuff anymore? He's working for the government, right?
0: Uh, I honestly don't know. I just I know I follow him I'm still on Twitter, but uh, there's a lot of old Matt Cut stuff from Google that is still relevant today. Um, but yeah, and then the three the three actual publications I follow are Search Engine Land, Search Engine Watch, and Search Engine Journal. If you're learning SEO, and in two of those I have articles. I just wanted to put that out there.
1: Say the question again. What was the question?
0: Uh. What is it? Um, how did you learn more about building websites and utilizing SEO? What would you focus on <coughs> learning first? So, okay, two questions. Mm-hmm. How? Okay, you ready? Yeah.
1: So for nine months, I would go to work in my day job. and would are like eight-ish to five-ish, nine to six-ish, whatever, right? I mean, that whatever professional day job is. I'd go home. I'd fire up my computer. And then mm-hmm. from 7 to 11, I would Google how to set up a WordPress website. What is a cron job? Um what,
0: what, is what is it? I don't even know what that fabulous.
1: Is. uh so, how to cron is a it's uh it's an automated thing that you can do with, with C panel. That's oh. the simplest way I can explain it. Um but I mean I, I just Googled everything, everything that I didn't know um about and this goes into the next thing, which is what should you focus on first? You gotta realize that there's an inverse correlation. Is this I think it's inverse, so that the the less you know, like in, in totality about this particular subject, you can still get started and make money quicker, but the width of things that you can do and your level of expertise is going to be minimal. So if you want, you can spend more time, um, like moving my hand around as if this is making sense, but it's like, I don't know. I do even know how to directionally put <laughs> this. If you put more time into education, you will know more in the long one, wrong, <laughs> long run, but you're delaying your earning potential. For now. Um, And you have to decide where that cutoff is, what's important to you. Um, If you want to push it off later still and then really be extremely knowledgeable um, when you do get started. But when you do that, you're always at risk at constantly putting it off because you never feel confident enough in yourself to do the thing when you're more than more than capable. We just had an inquiry come in recently about that, too. That's why I said when um, I said, like, I don't think any of my advice is going to help you. Uh, the person who sent in the email, they had like 11 years of agency experience already. And that's why my response was basically, you're already smarter than Jake and I at I'm a lot first. of things. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you're plenty capable of doing this. Whether you do it or not has nothing to do with what you do or don't know. It's just your attitude towards figuring the rest out at that point. Um, but to keep it simple. Um, I think... If you're if you if you're doing this for the long haul, you can't separate the two. You're going to have to know at least fundamentals about websites. So I would learn websites first because that quickly ties into SEO, especially if you want to do serious SEO, not just um, what everybody else does, where they talk about content writing. That's very basic. Everybody and their mom can write. Uh, so I would say, yeah, start with websites, move into SEO. And did I cover both of them?
0: Yeah, I said the opposite. I said learn SEO first. Oh, there you go well well yeah and it's really situational too like what do you um there's a cat a stray cat in my mom's garden what color orange and it's missing half its tail oh yeah all right so no i said i said do seo first because and i i agree with your your position too but the reason why i said is because there's like a million cms platforms out there uh so there's there's wix or squarespace there's wordpress there's uh magento shopify and if you if you learn word if you if you decide to jump into websites you could be in a 10-year rabbit hole before you even start to dive into the actual seo part of it and at some <laughs> point you're gonna need to know seo before you learn a new platform uh, and learning the new platform i mean we're doing it right now with a wix with a wix account wix has come so far in 10 years um so yeah, that's been a surprise. Yeah, so we took on our first Wix client, and if you know us, we don't do that. We only we exclusively work with WordPress. So <laughs> um, we don't know Wix, but we know SEO. So all we have to do is figure out Wix, and then we're good. Which is really easy. It's Wix. But uh, I said learn SEO because if you don't, if you don't have the time to, to like learn the technical skills to build a website, at least you can access an existing website and work on it, and then make an income that way. That's what I did with my very first client that I had for like two months. He had a Squarespace website and I just went in and I SEO'd it. And the thing about those websites is that anybody can set those (coughs) up. So when you say like, should I learn websites? I'd say no, because you don't really need to learn Wix or Squarespace. It's really user friendly. The only thing you really need to learn is like domains and connecting hosts and then um, if you go into the WordPress rabbit hole, then that's going to be like learning a lot more about like cPanel and, you know, how PHP works.
1: Yeah. There's two people in two different categories here who both need to learn or, or I guess hear different things. And one is that if you're the kind of person who keeps putting things off because you don't feel like, you know, enough, then you need to listen to Jake, uh, and stop giving yourself excuses like, Oh, I don't know websites, so I can't do it. You do need, you just need to get started. Right. That's what those people need to hear. Now, some people are getting started too early (laughs) and they they don't know enough. And, you know, for them, they're charging. They're asking too much money for a skill that they don't have. uh, And they need to slow down, go learn a little bit and then come back and then be useful uh, to their clients. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How do you decide? You know, how do you? We can't say who you are. We don't know you. So you just kind of got to you know pick out yourself.
0: Yeah. Just got to get started. All right. Let's move on to the next one here. So... uh, as I aspire to be a full-time digital marketer entrepreneur like yourself, is it worth my time to build a business immediately or work within marketing first? This is a two-parter. So that's that's part number one. Part number two. That's already is, heavy, but okay. Yeah. Part number two is if it if it is worth my time to work within marketing first, what positions would make the most sense? Working at a digital marketing firm? Any marketing positions? Interning for someone? Uh it's actually a three part. No, that's a two-parter. Yep, okay. So first, we'll answer the first part uh, first, which is, um, is it worth my time to build a business immediately or within marketing first? Uh, I it it really depends on the situation I think because for me and Cody we both worked in marketing first we worked at an agency and then we built our business afterwards. Um, for Marcus, our mentee, for example, he is doing both at the same time. My advice is to don't advertise yourself unless you're competent enough to deliver the service that you want to deliver. And that doesn't necessarily mean like expert confidence. Cause remember, I always say this all the time and it's, it's not your job to know the answers. It's your job to find the answers. If you just happen to know them, then great. But people are ultimately hiring you because they don't have the time to do that internally with their, with their own business. They're, they're focused on their business. So, if you, if you don't feel like you're like an expert you're like mine minor Cody's level or you're you know a Barry Schwartz level, then that's okay, but just know that you know you're willing to to service your your customer um but but until then, I recommend building your business as soon as possible because one of the thing it took Evergrow about a year to tip in terms of being recognized as a brand um and getting out there so as soon as you're competent, delivering your services for one or two clients as a freelancer, start building the brand.
1: So we're doing these in, there's three questions and we're going one by one first. Is that
0: right? Uh, you, well, there's two questions. I, I went back on that. But yeah, we're doing one by one first. Okay. Can you meet with the first one again? Uh, it's better to build a brand. Are you build business first or work in marketing first?
1: <clears throat> People don't want to hear this, but I think the reality is that if you know zero about marketing in the first place... And you go straight to building the business, you're going to find that it's going to take you just as much time as if you went into marketing and then jumped and started the business. Because you're going to have to sideload learning marketing while you're growing the business if you choose to do that anyway. So <clears throat> there's no shortcut around the time. There's no way to hack the the, the time investment that's required. Um, and again, it kind of it comes down to the individual, what kind of person you are. If you are going to... I mean, say that this requires eight hours a day. Um, it doesn't, it requires more than that. <laughs> um, especially like, you know, early on in your building something, if you're, if you're trying to get ahead, you're always putting in more time. Um, well, and and maybe that's just operations. Now you have to learn marketing. If you're kind of the kind of person who can sit at your computer for 16 hours a day and pound it out, well, there you go. You don't need to go get a job in marketing. You can, you can do this and figure it out yourself. Um, I think you need to be honest about yourself and what kind of person that you are. And, um I'm deciding whether you're realistically going to do that or if you need to say, OK, I'm going to do this in steps or in layers. And it's not a bad thing. That's what college is. That's what formal education is. You go and get your training first and then you go do the thing. Um, and if you do both at the same time, <clears throat> I mean, there's not many fields I'm dying to. Jeez. <coughs> OK, you know, you know, you can mute your <clears throat> mic. Well oh. oops. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> i was like "Eh, hey, jake fixes that or you guys could be okay with it
0: yeah, yeah. Um, jake fixes that he only spends like three hours <laughs> <an episode. laughs>
1: um i'll just stop there that's good right
0: I'm yeah good. I, I don't remember a lot of what i said i mean i could read it but i'm not going to uh about like what i said back to her but i i will say this too i think i am gonna take the position of i think you should work somewhere first um because the only reason i think people would want to start an agency before working at an actual agency is because of superficial financial needs. And agree. And yeah, so you're you're doing it if you love marketing, then it doesn't matter whether you're doing it for yourself or you're doing it for a company. And if that's what you want to do, but if you're if you're more in it to just be an entrepreneur and do your own thing, that's fine, but usually what I find is people start and they join the agency space because they're told they can make really good money and a lot of money in it. That's just wrong.
1: Yeah. People need to hear that too. Like if you, if you want to make good money, who said, who was like, Hey, you know, marketing, that's where you go. Like
0: there's so many other places where you can work a lot less and make much better money. Because it's It's a 10K MRR thing that gets like spouted out all the time where it's like you get five clients. You only need five clients at 2K a month. And what they don't realize is, like, yeah, but when you don't have a defined service, you're not an expert in your service, you don't have, like, your processes outlined, those clients, those five clients last two months. And you can lock them into a contract, but if you provide awful services uh, and they're paying 2 a month, like, you can be prepared to be threatened with laws or, or you know, lawsuits. How so, many
1: total questions are we dealing with here? I just realized if we're trying to pace this out. Like, Yeah, I think it's 10. 10. Okay.
0: What's the, so, what's
1: the second part?
0: The second part is what position if 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 it's worth my time to work in with marketing first what position makes the most sense it, do i work for a digital marketing firm and what position interning for someone um i think i said whatever you want to learn um and i i actually don't think i answered this part in the actual oh i did i said um yeah, it's really whatever you want to deliver. So if you want to deliver SEO, try to find an entry-level SEO position. They're out there. And if especially if you do a little bit of your own SEO research and as long as you know the keyword, like the buzzwords, then you, you can get an internship or an entry-level position. If you listen to the episode that we had with Alec, it was like in the 50s, I think. Um, just after we, I think it was just after we came back from Japan. But uh, you listen to that episode and he got an internship in the PPC team just because he knew a couple buzzwords. And now Alec is a Google Ads wizard wizard for wizard, sure yes so if you if you feel like you excel in seo just by starting on your own i mean my advice is probably get on the ppc team and learn that um if you want to exclusively offer seo then maybe just get on the seo team and see how the, uh, things are operationally done i wasn't on the, in it's like a, a channel team. I was I was just a client service rep or account executive. So I was on the client-facing side, which is super helpful for me and Cody partnering up because Cody wasn't on the client side. And Cody did SEO and PPC at different times. But um, this is why in Evergrow, I deal with all of our clients and and those yeah. needs because that's where my work experience lies. Yeah, you got to match up your skills of what you're
1: going to be doing, right? I mean, that's I don't do... I can do, I hate it. It drains me extremely quickly. Um, and it's not like, it's not a good use of my energy. And I, I don't mean that in a selfish way. I mean that also, uh, for Jake's benefit as well. You don't want me talking to clients, um, as much as possible. Um, and I, I lean into my strengths, um, which is why I went into SEO, switch teams to PPC, that sort of thing. Um, Okay, just say the question one more time so I give a straight answer as possible. I'm trying to like not be
0: a politician. I'm trying to give as, yeah. as direct as... If you want to learn marketing possible. before you get into business and you work for an agency, which position is better? Or is it better to intern?
1: <clears throat>
0: Doesn't matter. Uh, this is one of those questions
1: that smart people ask um, when they really just got to get stupid for a minute and let themselves do something. Um, and I mean that in the nicest way. Because I, I see lots of extremely smart people um, who ask these, t- these types of very smart questions. And they really just have to let themselves stop being smart for a minute and just do the thing. And then that here is, well, if you don't have a job in it at all, the first thing you have to do is get a job. What kind, I mean, apply for all of them. It doesn't matter. If you, got, if you have nothing, you're working with zero, apply for SEO, apply for PPC apply for a general, do social. It doesn't matter, right? Just get in there if, you, if you're working with zero. So that's the sort of thing. And you can be more, it's not to say it's, um, I'm not saying it's a bad question, but I think most likely when people ask that sort of thing, what they're doing is they're holding themselves back by coming up with these questions that are, they are very smart, but what you should do is just go apply to the job go apply to lots of the jobs and then go find one and then get started because it's much easier for us to, um, to give more directional advice when you say I'm working in this and I want to go do this now, as opposed to, I want to, you know, I want to get into this. Okay, we'll go do it. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. We have an episode on that. I'm <laughs> just doing it rather than like waiting and, and trying to plan too much. Yep. Um, okay. We'll go to three or yeah, 30 <laughs> minutes. Can I go to three? <laughs> um, Okay. So the next one is, uh, I do not have health insurance for my parents anymore, so having a job with that benefit is a must. This is going to apply mostly to our U.S.-based audience. Uh, being your own business owner, how does uh, how does that affect your own medical insurance? Likewise, if you had full-time employees, is it hard and or expensive to provide that benefit to someone else? I'm about, I'm about to pop off on that. <laughs> so, so I said... I said it's a little, it's a little situational because I still have my full time job and that's where I get my health insurance from. Also, Laura and I are in a, um, a domestic partnership in Minnesota, so even if I leave my full time job, I still have health insurance from from her work. Um, Cody, you get health insurance through you get the student health insurance, so it's a little bit different there. But there was a situation, there there wasn't a, a period in time where one you need to, you needed to consider the health insurance when you jump ship and then two we also had a full-time employee that was looking at needing health insurance as well yeah and based on our quotes it didn't look like it was like super uh, absorbently expensive it looked like it was like i can't remember it was almost like 2 to 300 bucks a month per employee for like a good plan yeah it was going to be under 400 uh mm-hmm. for like really
1: stellar insurance but we were at the time i don't neither of us were over 30 either
0: So, yeah, that starts to crawl up the older you get. Yeah. So I'd say it's not super expensive unless you're like just starting out. If you're just starting out, then it can be a little expensive. But, um, yeah, I I mean, you're probably going to have to budget health insurance into your own personal expenses when you're starting an agency if you don't have a a job on the side. But, I, I mean, I recommend listening to the episode. I think it's in like the first 15 or so episodes it's it's OK to grow slow because in that episode, we talk about keeping your full time job so you can have those benefits and and make sure that you're stable and secure while you're building your agency. So you can get to a point where providing health insurance for your own company or your own agency isn't, um, you know, detrimental, you know, detrimental to pay for.
1: Yeah, you can't. It's extremely hard to talk about this in a non political way because it's a political issue. Um, I think that. Well, I feel like I just did. Yeah, and not all. I mean, but she could come back and say, OK, but now what? Seriously, like, give me the actionable things that I can do at this at this uh, immediate moment in my life. You know um, what project this out and then what is this? How is this actually going to look for me in reality? And I think that <clears throat> I, I know lots of people in various positions. But the fact is this holds people back. Um, and I wish that it didn't because there are a lot of people who would otherwise be exceptional entrepreneurs that are limited because of this, because it does, because it's a hindrance. Um, And I wish we had a solution for it. Here's the reality of what people do. I'm not joking when marriage, when I say that marriage has always been a backup plan for health insurance. That's not a joke at all. Um, And uh, it's, I, I, I talk about it just like that because there's a, especially in American culture, there's a distinction of like, oh, marriage is this thing. And then um, logistically health insurance is this thing and marriage is. It, it can be, it's a lot of things, but <laughs> fundamentally can be a logistical, uh, transaction and issue. I'm not saying all around that it is because it shouldn't be, but, um, it can be a very important one. And I'm beating around the bush to say that a lot of the successful entrepreneurs that I know have employed wives with exceptionally good health insurance. And that's the reality. Um, I went to school and got great health insurance and I've been taking care of my health more than I ever have because it's the cheapest that it's ever been to do so. Um, When it comes to providing your own health insurance for entrepreneurs that are American, uh, some leave, some leave the country and live in other countries uh, and take advantage of their health insurance. They go to Thailand, right? They go to Southeast Asia, which is still cheaper um, all around than living here while operating a business here with having an American client base. Um, And, all of this is very early stage. So eventually, and this is um, the thing to know that there is eventually a break. You hit a point where the expenses of your health insurance and, and benefits package just becomes a line item on your list of expenses, right? It's like, we have to do this. It is important, um, but it's just a number that's accounted for. Early on, it's very expensive and it's like, oh, this is debilitating almost. But you, you hit the point where you say, look. Um, hubspot costs this each month, health insurance costs this each month. It's just another expense that has to be paid for and you have to take care of it. Um, the important thing is getting your business to that point as, as quick as you reasonably can without going insane. All of this to say, work your job with benefits go home, put in the extra time, do that until you're about to go insane. And then once the money is good enough that you can make a jump and, have a solution for your health insurance, whatever that is, um, do it and then work your ass off even more so that it's not a problem. And that is the American way. End speech.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my solution is easy. Just easy. Keep your day job until, <laughs> until you can jump. I mean, that's what I did, but I was also fortunate that I had a partner too. So like, I think partnerships are really great in, in that they allow you to lean on the other person. And I'm I'm, I'm kind of a reformed entrepreneur now because I feel like I don't want to do another thing alone. Um, because I, I I made far less strides alone than I did with you. And there's been a lot of things that I've I've been able to let you take care of where like I can focus on my personal life, working a full time job and still keeping things going. And now I'm in a position where I, I don't need that anymore. Like now now I'm just capable of doing it because even if I left my full time job, based on our current internal capacity, we couldn't grow any faster. So I would just be sitting on my ass most of the time. So, all right, let's go to the next one. Sorry, I I popped off. That was was a fire question. Man, it makes me. Cody's (sighs) Cody's getting political. Cody and I disagree on health insurance, but that's okay. We we (laughs) We both agree that it's a problem. Yeah, that's true. It is a problem, but yeah. Uh, Okay, next one. Um, uh, Where are we at? Okay, four. Uh, I know you had an episode on the importance of picking a niche and you had briefly discussed it when I had met you in person. I want to understand more about the importance of choosing the best niche for me. Uh, I mostly just said, listen to episodes two and 40. So I'm I'm not sure if she made it to episode 40 yet, because that's when we talk about how to pick a specific niche. And episode two was just like the importance of it, which is kind of what she had um, referenced in here. So I mean, my my advice just to keep it brief so we can move on to the next more important ones. Listen to episode 40 because every answer that we're going to give right here is going to be in episode 40. Yeah. Everybody
1: wants a magic bullet when it comes to niche selection. Like They want us to tell us, you know, hey, this is how you're going to find the magical one for you. The truth is, bash your head against the wall and yeah. uh, wait for some sort of magical moment to come. Um, it's we not actually easy. talked
0: about it a little bit in episode 73 um, with, you know... When we talk about Matt Diggity, she said, "You know, be passionate." He says, "You, you got, you don't have to be passionate in your niche. I think you gotta be, you gotta have passion for wanting to be in the niche rather than being passionate for the niche." So, I uh, listen to that one too, episode seventy three. Yep. Um, I this is a kind of a piggyback, so this is part two of of that same question. Uh, why did you pick your current niche, and would you ever change it? um I'll go on it goes on I want to stay within the the beauty industry for my niche and I originally wanted to market to estheticians and med spas It's a great one do it Yeah um well, med spas is a bit oversaturated with a bunch of fake gurus so just be aware of that um I've realized many of them utilize social media more than anything else their websites are through Square which is used for convenient checkout too When an industry uses social media marketing the most is it worth targeting them for website builds and SEO I do not want to do social media. So let me break this question down. Would we ever change our niche? And also, um, what if they you primarily use social media to market and they don't want to purchase SEO or Google ads? So answering the first one first, would we ever change our niche? Um, we've talked about adding niches. We've never talked about changing our niche.
1: Changing is like not a great word. (laughs) I feel like for this, because that's, it makes it seem like, oh, we have this niche and now we're going to do a different niche.
0: And I I feel like that's uh, Jake. What do you think? How would you answer? It it sounds like you failed, honestly. Like you, you either made a bad decision to choose that niche or like you are, you made a bad name for yourself and now you're failing. So I need to change. Um, the first one is okay. If you feel like you picked a bad niche, that's okay. As long as you actually gave an effort to it and you, you put in a year's worth of work into it. Or if you get like six months into it and you're like, I hate this niche. Like, I, I hate the people in it, I hate the industry. That's fine too. You can leave. But if you don't get a client in six months in a certain niche, I don't think that justifies you being, you know, you niche shopping. And, it, you know, that being your only justification for that. Um, we've talked about adding adding other niches like roofers and other types of construction or, or contracting Um, niches but we're not ready to actively seek that we don't want to do that until we feel like we've saturated the lawn care and landscaping niche to where we're doing multiple millions and when it sounds like a lot when you project that out based on our the current market and the saturation right now that's totally feasible we also don't want to pick a new niche or add a new niche until the lawn care and landscaping segment is completely automated by internal labor so like We've got somebody internally that's selling and closing uh, somebody that's managing the accounts that's, um, you know, doing just operational stuff. Because it took a lot to really find our claim in the landscaping niche, uh, you know, getting published in industry magazines, learning the industry terminology, getting an industry podcast, building those relationships and just doing that in another niche, whether it's, uh, you know, completely unrelated or semi unrelated. It's just a lot of work. It's like starting up another business, Um, You know, we could go into roofing right now and just, you know, find roofers out there by doing cold outreach, but we're never going to have the claim in that industry that we have in the lawn care industry if we don't do the work that we did for the lawn care industry. And I think once you start doing that, you start building kind of like a a paper agency. Like it's just one that it's going to, it can crumble really easily. And I don't think ours can because our brand is so strong.
1: Yeah. Change the
0: niche. Uh,
1: Probably not. Uh, it's not to say we're not opposed to new niches. The right person came along, sure. Uh, we take, I
0: mean, we we take clients in other niches all the time. We just we don't, you know, like we had a we,
1: we do local services. I mean, that's you yeah. can
0: you can push it up to that because really,
1: as a strategy, that's what it is, and we've done beyond that too. Yeah, we uh, had we
0: had um, a a professional home organizer use our services for a while, and like we didn't look at each other and go, "We should get into this niche." We were like. No, uh, this is a unique use case but we're not going to put our effort into this cuz i don't get I, we don't care about home organization yep so uh, and we didn't look into the market that that heavily because we were focused on our own um okay ready for part 2 of that sure yep okay i have realized many of them utilize social media more than anything else their websites are through square this is used for convenient checkout too when an industry uses social media marketing the most is it worth it is it worth targeting them for website builds and SEO? And she doesn't want to do social media. I told her, who cares what they're doing right now? Does it does it work? Like, you know, there's all of our competitors run social media for landscapers. But we know that Google Ads is better than social media in terms of the amount of leads you get, the close rate, just everything. And for <coughs> oh, oh sorry. I was man I was waiting for Lauren just came home I was waiting for her to set her back down <laughs> cuz it's a noisy um if if everybody does social media marketing mm-hmm. and they don't know any better then how would they know that Google Ads and SEO isn't going to work you have to actually do that first um additionally like the other the other part of that is square like she's saying all of them use square as a website so I I just googled and I I looked like med spas yeah. near me. I didn't find a single square website. So I think they use it
1: as a, as a CMS almost. I don't know if it's necessarily like, I don't think website is necessary. Cause okay. My, uh, my cousin mm-hmm. runs, I guess you could, call, I don't know, almost a med spa. Um, maybe not quite that far, um, but I built her website and then like the scheduling aspect is all managed on, you know, they're different for there's, It's a whole thing. Right. But I know Square is one of them where it can be individually managed, I think, um, with scheduling and that sort of stuff. Um, But I don't know. I'm not. I know Square does that. I don't know about their website part, but I know that sometimes they're split. You can have the website and then you can have the scheduling uh, schedule builder and that can be separate. I might have had a point with this or I might have just been clarifying.
0: (laughs) I don't remember. I said you can integrate things from Square into, into like a WordPress website or probably even into a Squarespace website but that doesn't mean everybody uses a word or a score website. And when we first entered the scene, a lot of our clients use GoDaddy websites and well, I don't want to use a GoDaddy website, but you can find those integrations and you can build them through whatever website CMS that you want. And just because an industry is doing something now doesn't mean that's the way they should be doing it. It doesn't mean that's the best way to do it. Additionally, um only the ones that you're seeing right now are are using square or are using um social media but um you're also seeing ones that aren't using square or you're not seeing ones that aren't using square because they're probably not i don't know if they're ranking maybe you're not seeing them um you also don't know if they're doing seo because you're just seeing things on social rather than actually like looking at the SEO of these sites. And also if SEO is bad on those sites, then that's a huge opportunity for you. And um but yeah, I again I don't know where I'm going with this one, but I just thought uh yeah, at the end of the don't day, who cares that, what they're doing.
1: I, I don't know the niche. I don't know what the reality is. I don't know what it looks like. I know that social is big for that sort of thing. Um <clears throat> so if you if you don't want to do it, it doesn't sound like a good niche for you. Or you need to accept that sometimes You know, you have to learn the new thing that you don't want to do because it's necessary for the viability of your business. Um, And, you know, you can kick and scream and complain and then suck it up and then do it. That's what I always do. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, be more conscious about that early on. That way you don't get yourself in a bad place where you're living a life that you don't want to be. Uh, But, yeah, there's a a balance with it.
0: Uh, What it comes down to for me is... Do the keyword research. If you want to do SEO, you want to do Google Ads. Do the keyword research, and if there you see significant volume with low competition, then there's there's a huge uh, there's a huge market for you. Um, if there's if there's very low search volume in the niche that you're trying to choose, then yeah, maybe social media is is it where, is where you need to go. So um, yeah, my advice on that one. Um, okay, what's the next one here? Um, okay. Did you pick your niche because you knew it would be more profitable than something else? Uh, my answer said no. <laughs> it's the answer number one in episode number 40. <laughs> so <laughs> it was... Uh, no, it was dumb luck. Like I picked landscaping and lawn care because I saw an opportunity for landscaping and lawn care business owners to um, utilize better SEO strategies for their Google business profiles. And their websites looked terrible every website I went to, I was like, this sucks. It could be better. And so that was just the gap that I found in that market. And I also noticed there were tons of landscapers around me, which means there are tons of landscapers everywhere. So there was a little bit of thought gone into it. I'm like, there's, there's a big opportunity here. But I, I didn't think about the profitability aspect of it. I just figured they're business owners. Um, and that's probably where most of the people are at. But I told her that if we were to pick a new, another niche, we would definitely consider the profitability and the market cap of the industry, so like we probably won't go into gyms. um And I know there's some agencies who are really successful with gyms. I know like Alex Armozzi did gyms, and he did really well. And that's great. That's not to say you can't be successful in an niche. It's just I'm I would rather play my odds with market caps. And uh,
1: is there a mozi guy that we were messaging back and forth where I said like <laughs> No, that's you I, I know it's the same. It's uh, the same
0: like sounding last name. Yeah,
1: I was like I couldn't remember his name. I go Armani, <laughs> Armani. <Andy? laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. uh did the wavelengths of me coughing and laughing at the same time look funny <laughs> yeah
1: no but for that question i have i didn't select the niche Jake did i joined him i have nothing to say all right. um i i don't do niche selection
0: so yeah. all right we gotta we gotta this oh this is gonna be a two-part or two i don't know okay um five partnerships are ideal but only with the right person without cody as your partner what limitations would you have in the overall growth of your company what would you have uh, what would you have to learn to do alone? I brought you in. This is great. I'm <laughs> stoked for this I know. one. I, I brought you in because of the PPC stuff. Like I, I needed that. I, I think operations, I felt like I could have done on my own. But looking back, I, I don't think I could have done them as well or as fast or as scalable. And so there are a lot of things that I'd have to learn how to do on my own, like eventually get a lawyer and figure out how to LLC and granted like we do that now but like you brought the lawyer connection and you brought the account you you look for the accounting you do all the research in terms of operations and i'm really good with clients i'm really and i'm really good with seo and like just doing that but then you are like more technical the analytical um setting up like uh emails and domains and migrating websites like do like the reseller account friends i had no idea there was reseller hosting i was just like hey client get your own hosting and i'll build it on there like that's what i was doing and then you brought the reseller aspect and templatization and all of that and that was huge for scalability so um i would just say like operations making things smoother faster and scalable and and google Ads. yeah you flip it around like well, say say it but i want to hear it with your name instead of mine oh okay Uh, Partnerships are ideal, but only with the right person. Without Jake as your partner, what limitations would you have in the overall growth of your company? What would you have to learn to do alone? Uh, Okay. Without Jake, the
1: business wouldn't grow. Period. Case closed. I mean, it it would slowly dwindle because I always ride with my foot on the brake, not on gas. So um, there are times when that initially appears okay. But the fact is, or the reality is that um, things will stay level for a moment and then they'll slowly start to trickle down. So without Jake, there is no business. The business doesn't grow. Um, It it slowly dies like a candle in the wind or something like that. Um, How, (laughs) How what would I have to learn? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't. (laughs) I'm very honest. And then there's, there's a life that I would live. That's me, not an agency. And uh, without Jake, I don't do an agency. That's what it comes down to. Um I would I just wouldn't do this. There's other things that I would do. Um I do there's some like minor micro business ideas that I have that I mentioned before that I want to do um solo just as like a like half fun, half test to see what I am capable entirely by myself. Um these are future things. Um but then also apart from that, I mean I I certainly don't want a big team without Jake. So I would go do something that I'm capable of doing solo by myself entirely, uh, almost like a freelancer, but it wouldn't be in marketing at all. I've always wanted to. I like writing. Um, I like like uh, investigative journalism, almost travel writing that whole world and translation. And I'm finding more interesting, even though I hate probably most of it, Um, but in the right situation, that sort of thing is something I would do. But I would absolutely not. Learn to do Jake's things because it wouldn't go well for me.
0: <laughs> that's, that's why I lean on him. It's it's operations. Your operations without growth, I'm growth without operations, and both fail. So, and some people are unicorns. Some people can do both, and that's amazing. It is amazing. So, if you're one of those people, that's awesome. I'm proud of you. Um, I think we should turn this into a two-parter because okay. we still got four questions left, and they're big. Oh, okay. I'm cool with it. Yeah. And I I don't even know what they are. So you say so. (laughs) Well, there will be a surprise then because why not? So, yeah. All right. Cool. Well, we'll end it here. (coughs) Hopefully I sound better next time we record. I also want to know what I sound like, too. So you sound great. Thank you. I've been trying to like yell into the microphone,
1: too, because we had to change the I changed the sure mic settings from near to far because Jenny's been audible in the background. So now I feel like my, my wavelengths are like little. Just like little scratches, oh yeah, on the meter tracker thing. Mm-hmm. So I, if people are like, "Why is he yelling?" This episode, it's not because I'm angry or I'm in a different mood. It's because I'm trying to be visibly heard on the little <laughs> tracker guy. Um,
0: yeah, I know how you me. feel. Usually, I'm the small one, <laughs> um, but it looks like Lauren. Is that is that Poncheros? Oh, that's great because we don't have a Chipotle here in Iowa. In Cedar Falls, Iowa, not Cedar yeah, Falls, Yeah, okay. like, We got one in Iowa City, which I think is better. I think Ponchero's is better than Chipotle. She's giving me the stink eye right now. Ponchero's is I good. think it, but it's like to be so wrong? No, i I think it's I think it's great because they mix the burritos. Which Chipotle
1: just actually I'm saying this. I don't even know what it actually is. I walk by it, Poncheros? and to me, it's just no. There's one in Iowa City that I walk by, and I don't know what it because I've I think I've been there once. Wait, you're talking about Poncheros? I don't
0: I don't know. I can't
1: remember. She's want me to Google it right now to find out. It's
0: the same restaurant. But they have different names. Yeah. I mean, they're different companies, but they they literally offer the same stuff. Yeah. And
1: that's why I've never really known. It's just
0: like a burrito or like a
1: taco or or
0: bowl. When you like, it's like, it's like the subway for Mexican food. (laughs) Like you're just not Panda Express. So I don't. Yeah. I don't know. But... Well, I mean, it's like Panda oh. Express, too. I mean, you they, they have all the food behind the thing. And then you say that you want all this in your burrito. You build your own burrito. And then... It's Poncheros. Oh, it's, it's Poncheros. I thought it was... Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's Poncheros. Yeah, yeah. so... Okay, so that makes sense why Chipotle's I went there one time. in, like, metro areas. But then, like, we get Poncheros. And I think I just like it better. Because they mix it better. It's, they, every bite is, like, a perfectly mixed uh party burrito. We're like, you bite into a Chipotle burrito. Got... And it's like, oh, wow, that was nothing but beans. <laughs> I like they have the smushy thing. Oh, it yeah. looks like it's called Bob. No, it's not. Yeah, it's called Bob. I think they call that Bob. It has a name. Yeah.
1: It just looks like it's making an instant pancake. Yeah. It just takes uh-huh. the dough thing and then it takes the dough. <laughs> yeah. And you lift it up and you're like, whoa, those are, pancake. Those are cool. Yeah. I'd take one. All right, we should go. all right Everybody.
0: Yeah, that's all. Yeah. Well, tune in next time for part two of all these questions. So, but as for now, thanks for listening. See you next time. See ya.